Coming Out Black is an online community built to support and celebrate our First Nations mob in the LGBTQIA community. We've developed this podcast to share our stories and we want you to join us for these conversations. Good morning, Matika. Good morning. How are you feeling? I am feeling very lucky to be alive and amidst the lockdown down here in Nam. I'm just grateful that I have people like you to connect with um, this morning and um, all my friends and family from across the country who keep checking in, which is really sweet. How are you going? Um, I'm feeling in some ways the same as you, of course, Mm -hmm. even though the situation in New South Wales is nowhere near that difficult. But I have had some wonderful things happen recently that have brightened my life. And when I say recently, I mean 4am this morning on the (laughs) date that we're recording this episode. It's like 7.30. Okay, weekly update. My baby sister had a baby today. (gasps) Oh! She had about, actually, I don't know what exact time, like 4am or something, I got the message being like, ta-da, here's a child. Um, And that's the first, like, my mum's now a nan. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's the next generation coming through. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Oh, the miracle of life. Where where is she? Like, is she close to you? Will you be able to go see them? My family lives back in Wagga, so I'm planning to travel down uh, to... To walk in this weekend to see her and the baby that's so sweet oh now you can really like feel that um stereotype of being like you know the rich auntie that comes in every now and then and <laughs> has, a, has a female roommate at christmas dinner that comes yeah. like yeah, <laughs> no i absolutely plan to be like the cool gay auntie who mm-hmm. lives in the city um, yep. So much so that my first auntie gift is actually a book. I don't know what I would tell you who wrote it, but I don't have it around me. Um, called, you know how you have those ABC books, like A for apple, B for mm. banana, like that kind of thing. And it's called yep. The Gay BCs. And oh every, it's a children's book and it's got lots of kids in there and pictures of like different races and different hairstyles and those sorts of things. And it's like A is for ally. And then it tells you what an ally is, like B is Aww. called bisexual. And it's like a really lovely one. I think the alpha lesbian, because obviously I went and looked at it, was like <laughs> something along the lines of two girls who care for each other very much or something like that. It was just really lovely. <laughs> so I'm planning to write like a little note in there and be like, from your favourite gay auntie, Matika. That is very, very sweet. So that's my um, good news amongst lots of bad things happening at the moment. We all need something good in our lives. That's very true. That's very true. That is really exciting and very, very cute. It's actually, speaking of being an auntie, I have um, yeah. three incredible nieces and um, my the oldest one was born on my birthday um, when I was oh. 19. So essentially it was kind of like everyone's like, oh, congrats, you have a niece. And I was like, yeah, thanks. It's my birthday too, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but um, highlight of my life, like best human being I will ever meet, um, despite her being five but I tell you what mate it's the most incredible thing um and it's a type of love you will never like be able to replicate in any other way it's um it's beautiful but it's both of our birthdays next week so super excited about yeah it's our first birthday apart actually since she was born so it's a bit weird but I'm um decided to make like little videos for her every day from 20 uh from when I turned 25 which is next week until I'm 26, just full of different little, little like things about life 
and I'm going to, a way to store it is I'm going to make an Instagram page and um, yeah, store all the videos there. And then when it's like, you know, as I keep doing it over time, she can just watch it when she's older and yeah. Oh my gosh, you're the sweetest auntie ever. She's just so beautiful. Like, But the dating update is what I want to hear. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> I feel like that means it's great. You not wanting to talk about it means that it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Credit where credit's due. Phenomenal human being. I don't think I've ever met someone so just wonderful in their own right. And I really hope that anybody gets an experience to either meet this person generally or if they meet someone like her, I think they're very, very lucky. And if that's my way of answering that, I'll I'll take it. But, yeah, it's uh, very great. Oh, yay. I'm happy with that answer too. I'll take it. <laughs> very political. Um, but, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. How about you? Uh, actually, you know what? This is the first time in a very, very long time that I'm actually not dating anyone. Like, that's that's crazy. Not crazy, but, like, it's just very interesting. How long do you think it's been since you've been completely single like this? Like, when was the last time? How long has it been since I've been completely? Maybe, like, oh, I had that, that big breakup from the four-year relationship was single for a few months, got back with that same girl, and then we broke up. Yeah. And then, like, I guess maybe I was single for a small period of time after that, but, like, it was one of those endings of the relationships yeah. where you can move on kind of quickly because it was ending for such a long time. Does that make sense? Like, it felt like it had ended in January of that year when we first broke up and then we got back together, so it was a confusing thing. Um, and since then, I've, like, I've either been dating someone, seeing someone, having someone come over like just in being involved with humans and now someone asked me yesterday actually a co-worker asked me last week she's like oh do you have any dates this weekend Matika and I was like actually no I don't and she looked at me with a genuine look of shock on her face and I was like okay damn something needs to happen here and it's not I mean I just enjoy people I just love hanging out and it's not like oh here's 10 people it's like for the last three months, it's been this one person and then that ended. So then there's this other person for a short amount of time and that kind of thing. Like, it's not like it's. Yeah. And I mean, you're just kind of working out what you want and like who, you know, sort of fits that and it takes time. But are you enjoying, are you enjoying this like period of singledom? What, I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah, single. We can call it singledom. Um, well, I don't have strong feelings about it, I think. I'm just like, oh, well, this is the situation at the moment. But I also think that maybe it's not a realistic view of what other people might experience being single as. Like like yesterday, for example, someone who I had been seeing previously, but then I called it off and I was like, I don't really want to continue seeing you. Like, da, 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 da. And now we're just sort of like, acquaintances slash friends I had told her that something had happened during the week that was kind of upsetting for me and so she's like oh I'm picking you up on Wednesday it's a surprise I can't tell you and I was like mm, this sounds like a, like a date and I don't and I've told you that I don't want to date you so I was like hey blank this person's name I want to make sure that this isn't a date and she's like no it's not a date yeah but like we went to this really pretty Instagram type place where you take all these cool photos and then we went to this lovely dinner and I was like, this all feels like a date, even though I still get to say I'm not dating someone because I confirmed with you previously that this wasn't a date. So, and also she bought me like sunflowers when she got to my house. I'm like, I'm still getting that kind of yeah. treatment. I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just trying to be a, a good friend, but. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. They're a very giving person. But, yeah, I feel I feel so fine about it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so mm. let's jump into the topic. 
So as we will have mentioned last week, um, today's topic going on from relationships last week mm. is all about sex and sexual intimacy and all of the things to do with that. Um, we should note, number one, like we said, I think last week as well, we're not experts. I don't know anything except for the things I know. So this is, um, I guess, just an opportunity for us to have a conversation yeah. that I certainly really feel like very passionate about. and. I feel like the queer community doesn't get to have a conversation about um, safe sex and sexual intimacy as much as I would like. It's very heteronormative, I think, the education that we receive. Would you agree, Courtney? Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Okay, so first and foremost, we actually got a question from someone in our wonderful Coming Out Black community, um, and their question was, what are the three things that you do or ask before you uh, become engaged with another sexual partner like a new sexual partner Ooh. interesting right that's interesting three things it's interesting that it's why is it three but a good number you know <laughs> kind of any sexual partner doesn't matter if it's like sort of a bit more casual versus in a relationship or yeah maybe it would differ on cat because i i would treat someone like if i was just like out on a club and i went home with someone i probably address that differently than it was someone who i was going on dates with do you know what i mean yeah firstly how do you even pull someone out of club like i i feel like it's just like <laughs> but for me it's just such a myth like i've just never experienced it but we'll, we'll tackle that one another day um but <laughs> yeah I think I agree with you like if it's someone quite casual and that understanding is there I think it's completely different versus a partner I almost struggle not struggle but have more um conversations and, and more um dialogue I suppose about it if it's someone that I'm seeing or like intimately um versus maybe someone that I'm yeah like randomly hooking up with or even someone that I have a casual sort of setup with it's completely different but obviously consent is sexy like as we all know um but I think it's 100%. more <laughs> yeah, I think it's more even probably um probably d like checking in with them about you know like boundaries and if there's anything um yeah. that they're uncomfortable with I suppose but I guess it's, it's it's all very contextual, right? Like I don't think um, if you were like on your way home with someone from a club, you're not going to quickly ask them in the Uber um, what, what they're comfortable with, I suppose, but maybe you would. Yeah, you're right. And I guess maybe it's different for lots of different oh. people as well. I don't really think I have three. Yeah, I think it's more like reading the situation mm. and going with the flow. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm an active person that checks yeah. in quite a bit, like, if that makes any sense uh, for me consent's like super super important and yeah. um yeah obviously no one ever wants to be in situations where it can be uncomfortable but yeah, yeah. But what about you what do you think I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who like this is someone that I'm seeing or like there's an intention or like an idea that like yeah I'm pretty sure we're going to sleep together kind of thing um usually in a perfect world I'd love to of course number one consent mm -hmm. know that they're that's something that they're wanting and interested in I really like having conversations about like what my partner likes and doesn't like. I think that's really healthy and it also helps. I think you have better sex as a result of that and everyone feels more comfortable and it kind of breaks down like the awkwardness and like, cause you can talk about it and you can be like, this is what I like and what do you like? And, and like you said, boundaries and those sorts of things as well, which is good. And then I do also, yeah. um, I usually have like a conversation around sexual health with my sexual partners like hey like when was the last time that you 
had a sexual health test and that sort of thing because this is the last time I had mine and that kind of thing. And I know that a lot of people sometimes feel really uncomfortable having that conversation. And I have only ever found, like I've never had a bad reaction to me asking that question of someone, either because I'll just bring it up in conversation about like how I think sexual health is so important and this is the last time I got tested or like, um, yeah, I think it's so important I get tested every three to four months. And they're like, oh, okay then. And then I can say like, oh, well, when was the last time you were tested? So it's like not even an awkward tell me everything about you and also I'm very non-judgmental like if someone were to say to me yeah I do know that I'm positive for this I'd be like okay then can you tell me a little bit more about that like how do we practice safe sex while we're intimate those sorts of things where I know that there's a lot of stigma around like oh if I would tell someone this they would not want to sleep with me which I feel really horrible about like I had a friend in the past who found out that they were positive for something and it just like wrecked them and I had never seen that before and I was like but I can't believe how horrified you are that no one's going to respect you and everyone's going to think this and that and it made me really promise myself that if anyone ever said that to me how can we approach this in a positive way instead of ill your this ideas that people who have STIs are dirty for some reason like I absolutely rebel against all of those so yeah I, I try to have that STI conversation as well which has been good and yeah one of the most previous people that I had had dated I had that conversation with her and I was like this is the last time I was tested da, 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 da. and she was like oh I've actually never been tested and in my head I was like wait what because <laughs> she's older than me um I was like oh that's like that's so interesting um like is there a reason that you've you've oh, never right. been tested she's like oh, I just never thought about it and of course I don't know if you'll agree Courtney but lots of queer women are just kind of like oh I'm fine because I don't sleep with men so da, 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 which spoiler alert everyone not true <laughs> she was like oh why do you get tested and I was like oh just because I think it's important after I have a new sexual partner or if I've had a few sexual partners like to go like and get a test just so everyone feels uh, more comfortable like I would love to be able to say to my partner be like oh, you know I, I'm fully aware of this and it makes me feel like um, they respect me and my body and my health by letting me know and, and take going to that effort and then that's me trying my best to respect them and their body and their health by taking care of them as much as I can by knowing my status. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a really great form of respect and etiquette in, in a lot of ways and it's important. And almost like, you know, it's also peace of mind as well um, because you can be asymptomatic and not feel like you have any symptoms or anything, but you can totally be carrying anything you don't know and sometimes it's not necessarily the other person that you've slept with pick, picked yep, it up from absolutely. a guy at all like it, it can be you know you can trace it back to you know hundreds of people it just happens um but it is yeah and it's no one's fault as well like when my friend had received that information she was like I think I know it, it was it was this person or it was that person and I was like this isn't a like I mean obviously I didn't say this at the time but I was thinking in my head I was like this isn't a helpful conversation to be having about like oh, it was this person or it was that person because no one, no one means to, for these things to happen. Um, at least the, the vast majority, like it's going to be like a 0.1% of people who are just like, ha ha, I'm going to go do yeah. this. Um, yeah, it's, it's no one's fault and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. No. I mean, like as long as you educate yourself, like I said, if anyone ever said anything like that to me, I'd be like, cool, let's just educate ourselves about yeah. it. Um, and hopefully I want everyone else around. To, to be like that as well yeah and I think when you know when you when we talk about sex like it doesn't always have to be about the nitty-gritty things about you know how to avoid STIs um how to set boundaries and things but what about um what is what is a good 
situation look like for you when it comes to to sex? How would you maybe give me three three things that contribute to healthy sex? Good question. Um, I think that a level of trust, absolutely essential because you're in uh, a vulnerable state and you're sharing yourself with someone and being able to trust that person is absolutely essential to feeling comfortable and enjoying the experience. Mm-hmm. I think respect as well, knowing that like if at any point in time I would say, okay, I'm not comfortable with this or this or that, that person would respect and honour those boundaries to make you feel more comfortable in the situation. I think they're probably like two really big main ones for me because if you don't have those, you probably like, I mean, it's never happened to me, but you'd probably be freaking out the whole bloody time, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I've had a couple of dodgy encounters um, like where like you're intoxicated enough, but you're like, mm, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. leave straight away when this is over, kind of. <laughs> but oh, no. like, I feel like well, it's definitely happened to people before. But yeah, I think I agree with you on those points. And I think even though it's kind of exactly what we were talking about before, that level of trust and respect and communication, like throughout, sometimes people people talk and other people, you know, sometimes it's dead silent I think everyone's experience is very different and two people together can be completely different to the you know if one of them were with someone else it can be completely different but obviously for me I think it's always better well my experiences have always been better if it's someone that I'm like very close with like Mm. it's yeah like casual casual setups are okay and my first experience of um having intercourse with with a woman was with a really good friend actually and yeah like it was a very cool like setup and like we're still friends now and like nothing really like nothing ever eventuated and now even the thought of it just makes us like oh god I can't believe we did that but (laughs) but it was I was very very safe and I think like um I probably if I if I wasn't in that sort of situation I don't really know what it'd be like but I think I enjoyed that sort of situation most because yeah, you feel very, very safe and you can you can feel slightly vulnerable because I think sex is a very, very intimate thing, but you can also have it in a very non-intimate way. So yeah. Um, what about you? What, what was your uh, first time? Um, I am so happy with my first time because I, of course, a lot of people will have experienced or understand the concept of going through almost a mini puberty again when you come out as a baby gay in like your 20s or, or when mm-hmm. like in your 30s even like depending on what time people come out I feel really lucky that I kind of got to have part of that experience at a young age when everyone else was having that age so my first girlfriend was at the age of like what I was like 14 or something Mm. and she was the first person that all, all of those things happened with and it was as awkward and weird as yeah like teenagers are but also like perfect incredible I wouldn't change a thing about it like I'm so happy with that experience and the person that it happened with even though of course it later ended up being an unhealthy relationship at the time it was like my best friend someone I trusted we'd known each other our whole lives and it was just wonderful like I can't say a bad thing about it and then of course when I came out my second time (laughs) I then got to have the dating and figuring that out like everyone else did when they were younger but I got to have like that first like girlfriend and in high school which was a nice experience to have for me yeah oh that's really sweet all right I've got another one for you um funniest sex story Hmm, I'm trying to think probably just like stupid things someone falls off the bed or like you hit your head on the bloody wall like just stupid things that you're like okay that was annoying but let's just continue (laughs) but I don't think I have like a specific memory of like that was hilarious what about you I'm assuming you have a fantastic story 
Oh, well, like, I mean, to be fair, if anyone, like, if you know me very well, you know that I'm just a bit of a, a klutz and, um, you know, if I can make a situa- situation a little bit awkward, naturally that's what will happen. But it happened not too long ago. This was, this was last year when my long-term, um, or not super long-term, um, but when my ex and I broke up and I, I'm in a city, right, where, like, I didn't really have a lot of friends, to be fair, because I sort of just moved and been very busy with work. And I was like, well, you know, just as any self-respecting um, middle, middle-aged middle 20s young woman in, you know, one of the biggest gay cities in Australia, I was like, fuck it, like I'm going to jump on Tinder. Um, I'm going to have some probably very subpar rebound uh, situations with whatever, <laughs> like, um, which is definitely something I'm like not really inclined to do, I think. The, the the thought of doing it um was really really scary for me because like it, you know strangers uh, house and stuff like that but um it was actually pretty cool so um and also I think it's I think it's wonderful and you should do whatever whatever the hell you want I think we're all kind of just as equally lost and no one really knows what they're doing um most of the time but anyway so I and I'm like this girl and I like were messaging along we had so much in common and it was really really cool I was like yep sweet we like um we have a couple of beers. We have a lot of wine, like a lot of red wine. <laughs> so this is my first mistake. <laughs> and, um, like having absolutely no game, as I've established, um, she she invited me back to her. <laughs> and, you know, one thing led to another. Obviously, a lot of wine has been consumed, I might add again. Anyway, so we're, we're in the thick of it um in in layman's terms but and it's funny I don't really know why I can't I just say the words when it when it comes to sex so I feel like it's just like the way I've grown up in a lot of like um religious schools like I feel like sometimes my brain's like don't actually say the word but um I can I just I don't know why I'm that's why I thought I I know that you tried to get out of this episode I'm gonna tell everyone right now like you're like do you want to do the episode with someone else like I probably don't have that much to contribute and I'm like no we're doing this episode because this is what this is what I want to prove that like people are uncomfortable having conversations about sex and as someone who is really comfortable about that and want I want everyone in my life to have wonderful amazing sex like we need to break down these barriers and be comfortable about it which is a slow study. I just want to know, you know, like I support you, girl, and you can say sex if you want to. <laughs> well, it's funny because if you had video on, you could see me squirming um, this whole time. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm good. Okay, so anyway, so essentially, long story short, I really, like, my face just felt super, super warm and I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, and then I sort of look look up and it was pretty dark at the time you sort of had a little bit of moonlight coming in like mm-hmm. a gap in the blinds or whatever and um I looked down at my hand and it was kind of there was a, there was sort of like a liquid <gasps> I was like oh like and I didn't mean to be super grossed out or anything I was like oh, okay cool just like be cool about it um these things happen like mm-hmm. obviously she probably would like she'd talk to me right before like yeah, doing that if she had a period or something and I look and I was like oh and then I said to her I was like oh like, do you have your period she's like no and I look up her body right mm-hmm. now if I can explain the visual and I don't think I can do it well but essentially <laughs> it looked like Texas Chainsaw Massacre <gasps> on her body there was just so much blood oh my god um, <laughs> like trailing down her body oh, from, no. her, from her like neck all the way down oh this poor girl but hey you know what I think actually some people are totally fine with period sex no no no. but like 
So what I was like, but this isn't even the part, like, right? So like, I was like, oh my god, no, that was just like holy shit. And then all of a sudden, I felt like like a drop, like I felt like yeah, like a like if rain falls on you, I sort of yeah, felt that on my hand again. I looked down, and then all she like looked at me. She's like, your nose is bleeding, and I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> so and my nose was just running like a bloody what fucking a waterfall, and I was like, why? <laughs> so essentially. Oh, so funny it wasn't her at all <laughs> and turns out i just bloody bled all over this poor girl oh no um, yeah but that's so it was, funny it super champ about it um and we're actually still like we're really good friends now and i think like she actually recently just asked me to jump on her youtube channel to talk about this exact experience um <laughs> but um, oh my god so she's happy she's fine to share it oh, yeah. she's like she's really really cool um but yeah, so that's probably my funniest and probably favorite one to to share, just because. Yeah, of course, of course, I would. That's hilarious. Um, that's so funny. That's the thing about sex too. You know, oh. it can be really funny, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that's an interesting experience. Um, I really wanted to talk about the reason I as a human am so passionate about this topic and will have conversations about sex with like all of my friends and I mean like not in a way that makes them uncomfortable but like hey how's this been like uh, do you have questions those sorts of things again I'm not a like I'm not a boss at anything I don't, I don't know anything um but I know how to research things and find information and make people feel comfortable about having conversations mm. um and that's because I feel like, like I said at the start of the episode, no one gets to have these conversations. So I'm really curious about what was your experience with sexual education? Was it really heteronormative? And have you ever actually, do you feel received a, a clear, full education on, on queer sexual practices and how to be safe? Well, I didn't necessarily when I wasn't looking for it, if that makes any sense. So obviously, like high mm-hmm. school, like when I was young, even sex ed as a young person, like nothing. My first memory of sex ed is something my mum t- tells me about. And she told me when I had my first sort of lesson with her, I think I was in year five or something. And she taught at the same school that I went to. And apparently at lunchtime, like I ran up to her in the, in the schoolyard and I was like, I can't believe you let dad do that to you. And <laughs> embarrassed her, like embarrassed her colleagues. <laughs> and, um, that was my first experience of learning about sex. And, but um, oh, oh, that's what gosh. I did. <laughs> but no, yeah, I don't think I've necessarily ever really just had any sort of normalised education around it, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I think anything that I've learned has been, yeah, like you said, like sort of self, self-learning self and learning through experience mm-hmm. and probably just what other, um, well, for me, and obviously sleeping with women that love women, um, like just what they know, mm-hmm. I suppose. And you don't necessarily, I don't think I've necessarily ever asked, but obviously those conversations are quite free-flowing in those situations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what about you? I pretty much assumed that's what you're going to say mm-hmm. because same, you know, like my sexual education in high school, super heteronormative. I don't think anyone literally ever mentioned lesbians at all. There was like one part of a video that talked about like gay males and something, something. And I was like, okay, but that's literally it. And of course, lots of queer people end up do like learning from practice and all these sorts of things, but that's only like the physicality. That's like how how to do these things. That's not learning about what is a a safe, like sexual relationship to have with someone like how power dynamics and what is an unhealthy power dynamic and sexual health and how to take care of yourself and stis and all these sorts of things like i had a sexual partner once who 
like had never didn't know what a dental dam was yeah wow and I'm sure lots of people don't like someone listening right now might be like "Mm, what do you mean and I just think that's crazy so I definitely want to I know that we're running out of time today and there's like this is a massive topic that we really want to unpack but I'm definitely wanting to put up heaps of information on our Instagram about like different um I guess networks or places you can go to find uh proper queer uh safe sexual health I'm also really aware that as uh, women we're not able to speak on sort of the gay male side of things so if there's anyone within the uh, coming out black family who wants to share resources or their experience in this area absolutely please let us know i think that's a good way to sort of lead into the queer black excellence um topic for the week yeah totally. i think um i had a different one in mind actually but now that we're talking about it and we're talking about sexual health and particularly for mob um mm-hmm. There is a great podcast called The Ash Podcast and I've learned so much from listening to those two. And, I, you know, I think I don't think I know everything, but as someone who's grown up being able to access a lot of this information, I and I haven't, I've learned a lot uh, from their podcast. So definitely check it out. Um, we'll tag them in our Instagram. But, yeah, how about you? What's yours for the week? I think it's a fantastic one to, to highlight. My um, Queer Black Excellence for the week is actually someone who I just had a conversation with the other day, um, the incredible, multi-talented, stunning uh, drag queen Jojo Zaho. Um, wow. I had a chat with, so spoiler alert, we're going to have an interview with her coming up pretty shortly in the podcast. Um, and we had an incredible conversation and it was wonderful to learn about how, you know, drag can be a political statement and part of his experience in the gay community as an Aboriginal man, like it was a really wonderful topic. And I just think that them being so unapologetically themselves and like the Fabriginal that they are, as you would say, um, gives me so much strength and it makes me really happy to see that sort of representation in our community. So I'll also tag Jojo Zaho in our Queer Black Excellence for this week. Love it. And I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview. Um, so I think that's that's us for the week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, thank, we've had a lot of engagement on the page recently, which has been really cool. So feel free to keep reaching out and asking questions and get involved in the conversation. Um, we are halfway through um, getting to the target for Ryan's fundraiser. So if you guys have some time or the means, um, I'm giving up uh, buying a barista coffee, which I know, you know, um, I shouldn't be doing anyway most days just so I can keep donating. Um, so if you have the means, please donate or feel free to share amongst your resources. And uh, the best thing we can all do as well for Ryan is just keep sharing his story and keep leaning into these conversations as well. Anything else, T? Yeah, and if, you, if you're listening and you're like, what, Ryan, who's that? It's is episode four. It, it's titled like our trans brother Ryan or something like that and it's him sharing his story about his transition and they're currently uh, raising money for his surgery so we're really excited to be supporting him on his journey Um, and everyone should absolutely go check that out in one of our other episodes and then also the link for his fundraiser will be in the Instagram bio of our Instagram at coming out black and um, like always we should definitely acknowledge that we are recording on Aboriginal land I'm over in Nam in the Kulin Nation and where are you recording from Tate? I'm recording from Sydney which is Gadigal land beautiful and we pay our respects to elders past present and emerging thank you all for listening and looking forward to the rest of the season coming up bye everyone